0: We are in a series called eight keys to victorious living eight keys to victorious living last week we talked about the first key faith this uh, week we're going to move on to our second key Um, and i i really believe that uh, god is speaking to each and every one of us here through peter telling us that he already provided a way for us to live a victorious life a victorious life We are to live a life of victory. You know, Jesus told us that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that already, don't we? I mean, I don't know if you've experienced that in your life, but in my life, I am full aware that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it what? Come on, somebody, have it what? More abundantly. Abundant means in large quantities, plentiful, large or sufficient amount. And this is actually in the dictionary definition of abundant, more than enough. Become a cliche for us in church. But it's actually in the definition of abundance, more than enough. And he's talking about our life. He wants us to live a full life, a full satisfying life. That's not to say that temptations won't come. That's not to say that issues and problems won't come. But what it's to say is that he has given us the grace to make it through every situation that we would face every situation you think situations didn't face people in the bible i mean i think about mary uh, who was at uh, her her relatives house and they ran out of wine you know how embarrassing that is uh, but she knew what to do she knew what to do turn to jesus <laughs> turn to jesus and he'll help you get through every situation in your life abundant life and you know as a christian For me, I look around at those who profess uh, Christianity, who profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, which is a a wonderfully great thing to do. Amen. That's how we get into heaven. (laughs) To believe in our heart, the Lord Jesus, and to confess with our mouth that God raised him on the third day. Then you shall be saved, Paul said in Romans 10 and 9. But we, we don't stop there. We don't just confess with our mouth, believe in our heart, and then that's it that's that's our life we're done because if that were the case we would just, as soon as we did that we just die and go to heaven right but some reason we're still living I mean I know that we as Christians we're not afraid of death but I don't know I, I, let me ask you are you just ready to die today I mean is your purpose fulfilled you're here for some reason you're still living and so God has us here on this earth for a purpose he has you here for a purpose and Jesus told us uh, that uh, he came that we might uh, have an abundant an abundant life and so for us to do that for us to live a victorious life God the practical side of God gave us eight keys uh, that if we would do these things if these things would be ours we could live this victorious life so if you look in the second chapter of Peter uh, the second uh, book of Peter chapter 1 beginning at verse 1 Here's what it says, Simon Peter, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace. Now notice this, notice what he he says here, God is all about this. God, God is all about this. Grace and peace, not just given to you, not grace and peace I'll sort of, uh, you know, pour on you a little bit. I'll maybe give you a, a, an ounce or a quart of. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. That's what God is all about. Yeah. Abundance. Be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him, Who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great, that's a great word there, exceedingly great, that's a great word, and precious, an even better word, promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, and here we go, giving all diligence, all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do, 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 not if you pray, not if you think, not if you hope, but if you do these things, if you do these things, you will never stumble. I love the King James here, you will never fall, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior jesus christ so last week amen last week we talked about this first key the first key was what anybody what's the first key come on faith Faith. first key was faith and we learned last week that he, he never said to add to yourself faith add doesn't come until after faith So it's implied here that if you know the Lord Jesus and you have made him your savior in the head of your life, you have faith. You have faith. You already have the first key. You got a leg up. You got the first key already. But we don't stop with the first key, this key faith that we talked about so in depth last week. You want to add to it. Add to your faith. Add literally means, watch this now, to bring in beside to supply, to minister. That's what add means in this context. Add to your faith. And then also remember here, I'm going to remind you this every week, remember that he he didn't say just come to church and uh, sing some songs and I'll give you uh, faith and I'll give you virtue and brotherly kindness. He didn't say that. You add. You add to your faith. That's something we have to do you add to your faith you is implied but you must do something not pray these things not hope these things but add these things and do these things and we're talking this morning about having a victorious life we learned that victory is an act of defeating an enemy in other words overcoming and in order to overcome there has to be something to overcome so don't, listen, don't think it's strange when diverse temptations come in your life and people throw obstacles at you and folks offend you and it doesn't work out the way that you thought it would work out. Don't think it's strange because you're an overcomer. You can't overcome unless there's something to overcome. So don't worry, don't let that get you down. When you, when you start looking at that, you're distracted. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. But God is saying, keep looking at me, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. I remember a long time ago, uh, I barely remember this, but when I was learning to swim, I was about four or five years old, and a man named Ray Griffin, he was Archie Griffin's brother, many of you don't know Archie Griffin, you probably do, Brother James, uh, two-time Heisman winner for The Ohio State University, but anyway, um, his, his younger, just thought I'd throw that in there, it doesn't have anything to do with the sermon, but... Um, but uh, he, his brother Ray Griffin was actually the one at the YMCA uh, back in Columbus, Ohio that taught me how to swim. He was a swim instructor of all things. He played defensive back for the Buckeyes and then on the weekends he was a swim instructor. And so um, I was enthralled with that, that this defensive back was a swim instructor and I wanted to learn how to swim at five. And I remember one of the things he did was he uh, stood, he, he was in the water and uh, kind of but on the side of the pool and he said, all right, Michael, come on, jump in, jump in the pool right here. You can jump in and I was going uh, I don't know about that you know I don't know about jumping in and finally he said listen I'll catch you I got you and he got me to jump in the pool and uh he didn't let me drown he picked me up and he taught me how to dog paddle and he said look see you're dog paddling you're dog paddling you're doing it you are doing it and I was like great yeah this is this is fun And uh, so he said, now I want to get you, before I teach you how to swim properly, I just want to get you to move around in the water. And so he started backing up, and he was saying, come, come to me, come to me. And uh, I was going, no, come back, come back, you know. And he said, no, if you want to stay up, he said, I'm over here, you're over there. You're going to start going down unless you come to me. And so I started moving forward, going to him. And as I was going to him, he was backing up and backing up. And I found that I was able to dog paddle forward as long as I kept my eyes on Ray. But the moment I started thinking about how deep the water was and I'm in trouble, I started sinking down. And he'd get my attention. No, 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 Michael, look up. Look up at me. And as soon as I would do that, I was okay and I could dog paddle toward him. How many of the Lord is speaking to us this morning and say, no, 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 no. Look up at me. Look up at me. I know your circumstances. I know people are bringing things against you. I'm I'm not blind to what's going on in your life. I see it. But look up at me and you'll be able to swim through the whole thing. You'll be able to swim right through your circumstances. And so victory here for us means the act of defeating an enemy. That's what it means. We have victory. He has given us victory. What has he given us victory over? He's given us victory over the world victory over temptation, victory over sin. I mean, I could go on and on. He's given us victory over discord, victory over depression, victory over sickness. He's given us victory over all these things. I could name a hundred things that God has given us victory over. So you are a victor. Let's, uh, can we just establish that this morning? That you are an overcomer and you are a victor. And you have victory over all of these things now look back here at verse 8 and verse 9 for a moment before we just get into virtue Uh, we won't be very long But before we get into it look at these look at some terms here there are some terms here that you already know verse 8 says for if these things are yours and abound you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and then he goes on to say for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Now, there's some terms in here that you already know the definition, but I just want to kind of re-emphasize them to you. Barren, he says, you will neither be barren. And here's what barren means. It means to be too poor to produce. Too poor to produce. Bleak and lifeless. God doesn't want us to be barren. He wants us to be fruitful. Unfruitful means literally impotent non-productive and listen not producing good or helpful results being unproductive here's the thing about fruitfulness you can be you can produce things now we're talking about in biblical terms you can produce things in your life and not be fruitful if it's not helpful it's not fruitful according to God so you can produce all kinds of things. You can plant all kinds of seeds. In fact, where you are today is a result of seeds that you've planted. Seeds that you've planted through your mouth, through your actions. Right? So we can produce things in our life, but God wants us to be fruitful. Short-sighted means you lack imagination. It, it, it literally means you're myopic. You, it, and, and you can only see right in front of you. You can't see down the road. That's what short-sighted means. And then you know it blind, that means you can't see. But in this context, it also means you can't see and you can't do anything about it. That's important to understand. You can't see and you can not do nothing about it. So the only way for you to see and to have vision is to remember that you were cleansed from your old sins. Isn't that interesting that Peter says that? He says that you, to be barren, unfruitful, short-sighted and blind, You forgot that you were cleansed. You forgot who you were. You forgot who you were. God is telling somebody this morning, remember who you are. You have my DNA. You are an overcomer. You're not a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You have the... I am he who has overcome the world, Jesus said. Abide in me. Abide in my word. And you too shall have the victory. You are victorious. You are victorious. Now, our second key here, virtue. It's this Greek word "arite," and it simply means this: excellence of character, virtue, excellence of character. Let me tell you a little bit about this word, character, for a moment. Character is not what you do. Character is, you know, you it's. It's easy for us to look at people and see the things that they do and uh, say, oh, you're, you know, it's such a nice thing that you did. You gave the person money or you helped this person and you did that. And we judge and say they have good character. But I want to tell you this morning, character is really not what you do. Now, what you do can be a result of your character. But, you know, you can fool people. Come on, we can, there's a lot of people that act nice that don't really have good character. And so this word character is not about what you do, but character is about who you are. So the question I have for you this morning is, who are you? And the only way you know that is when no one else is around. It's Who you are when everybody else is around is not necessarily who you are. I mean, it should be. Yeah, I know. It should be. But it's not necessarily who you are. Who you are is when no one else is looking. When you're driving by yourself and no one else is on the highway, and the speed limit is 55, no cops are around, no people are around, who are you? <laughs> who are you is when uh, you're at the store and no one else is in there but you, and you gave the person 10 dollars for an item that costs 850, and they give you 11,50 back, and then they go on to the back somewhere else, and you just walk out the store. Who are you? We're talking about virtue this morning. We're talking about character. Who are you? That's the question. That's what this word character means. Other, version, uh, other versions talk about, uh, this, the passage uses the word excellent or of noble character. In other words, here's what virtue is talking about when it's talking about you. Ask yourself this question and see if these words line up with you when you look in the mirror. Superb, outstanding, exceptional, marvelous, wonderful, magnificent. Not what you do, who you are. That's what this means. Add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith virtue. Webster's definition says it like this. It says, it's a conformity to a standard of right or moral excellence. Now, I want to say something about that. I like Webster's definition there, a conformity to a standard of right. That means that you can't to yourself uh, say, you know, I, I, I haven't been right. You know, my attitude's been wrong. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really not, I haven't been a good person all the time. And so what I'm going to do is just determine in my heart that I'm going to be a good person. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds like the right thing to do, doesn't it? But I, I'm going to tell you this. You might not agree with me, but I guarantee you It's biblical. That if you do that and stop there and say, I'm just going to end myself, determine in myself to be a good person, you will fall short. You might do it for a day. You might do it for a week. You might even be a good person for a month. But I guarantee you, without the word of God and without God in your life, you will not be a good person very long. You will not be a good person. Even Paul, the apostle Paul, would you say he was a good person? I mean, even the apostle Paul said, there is no good thing in me nothing there's no good thing in me he's talking about separate from the word of God and so this definition here uh, that says listen you're you're conforming to a standard of right in other words there is a standard already there for you we have to find that standard and conform to it that's what God is telling us this morning you want to add virtue that's how you add it today add to your faith this moral excellence it's, more, and it's, it's interesting too that Peter uses this one as the first key after faith second key the first key after faith you already have faith you've confessed with your mouth and you've believed in your heart you belong to the Lord now you've been baptized you've been filled with this spirit whatever it might be and now you, he's given you the measure of faith according to Romans 12.3 now the very first thing Peter tells us to do is add virtue not brotherly kindness Not love, not add virtue, because all the other things hinge on that. See, there's other things that you do. You You can be kind to your brother. But do you have virtue? Do you have character? Do you have these things? Virtue speaks to your character. Proverbs 10, 9 says, whoever walks in integrity walks, watch this word now, walks securely. Whoever walks in integrity walks in securely, but he who in in insecurity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. You want to walk, you want to be able to sleep at night. You want to be able to live above board and no matter what happened during the day, you're able to go to bed and sleep at night, a restful peace, add virtue to your faith, add virtue. And in virtue, here's, here's one, virtue speaks to your standard. What kind of standard do you have? What kind of person are you? What, what, again, I'm not talking about when everyone else is around. See, that's easy to have a standard when we're here this morning in church. And you say, Brother Mike, would you ever do that? No, I, well, I would never do that. And I can quote you three scriptures as to why I wouldn't do that. It's easy when everyone else is around, all your Christian friends, uh, to have a standard. But do you have a standard when no one else is around? And well, we won't know that, only you and God. This is, this is a very personal word to you this morning, very personal to you. This is not about us and, and seeing what you do. This is about you, you and God. Add to your faith virtue. We're talking about, by the way, can I just remind you, in case you feel like it's heavy on your shoulders, this is not, you, are, you're, we're conforming to a standard of right. You're not making up the right <laughs> You're not, you're not, the only thing on your shoulders should be, God, what do you want me to do? And I'll do it. Conforming to a standard of right. Can I remind you this morning that you're victorious? I don't know if I've said that yet today, but can I just remind you this morning that you're an overcomer, that you can do this? Come on, you can do it. God is saying, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. You can do this. You're you're victorious, an abundant life. It speaks to your standard. Excellent means very good of its kind, eminently good. Galatians 6.10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those of the household of faith. What's your standard? What's your standard? Virtue also, you might not have thought about this, but virtue speaks to surrender. This is what we're talking about. Virtue doesn't speak to you coming up with, uh, uh, let, me, let, me, let me write down 10 principles and I'll live by those. No, it, virtue speaks to surrendering to the principles that God has already given us. He already has, he's done all the work. He's done all the work. All we have to do is read his word and abide by it. That's our job, folks. You do that. I'm talking about living a victorious life. I'm talking about a victorious life. A victorious life. Virtue speaks to surrender. It speaks to surrender. Now here, living a virtuous life, let me just give you these uh, last few points here. Four things uh, and four reasons why you should live a virtuous life. And you say, yeah, that all sounds good. Uh, uh, if, if, if living a victorious life is not enough. <laughs> let, let, me, let me just give you four things and four reasons why living a virtuous life is so important give you four reasons why adding virtue to your faith is so important. It's important to your success. You would think that it would be knowledge or wisdom. I'm smarter than everybody else. What about gifting, talent, skill? I'm better than everyone else in this area. You know that faith and virtue are keys to living a victorious life, no matter how skilled you are, no matter how tall or short, what color, what gender, no matter any of those things. Faith and virtue. A virtuous life is simply this. A virtuous life is an honest life. Virtue is conforming to a standard of right. That means being honest always. I don't know if you ever heard this term before. Honesty is the best policy. I mean, it really boils down to that, doesn't it? Honesty is the best policy. It's the best way to go. If I were to come to you and ask your advice on a situation I'm in, you could give me that line and it would be the best advice that I could get. I know that you're going through it and they said this and you said that. You want to know what? Honesty is the best policy. Honesty. Now we're talking about honesty with grace and I'm hoping all of that is implied with love because we're going to have to add to all of this love at the end. But honesty is the best policy. I remember the story, I've told this story before, uh, but coming home from work a woman stopped at a corner deli to buy a chicken and the butcher he reached into a barrel behind the counter there and he he grabbed the chicken it was the last chicken he had she didn't know that but it was the last one because she was on her way home from work it was the end of the day and he flung it up uh, onto the the scale and then he told the woman its weight Now, she couldn't see the scale. He just flung it up there. It was facing him, and he told the woman its weight. Here's what it weighs. Now, she thought for a moment. She said, you know, that's good, but I really need uh, a bit more chicken than that. I'm having some people over, and I, I need something that weighs a little bit more than that. Do you have any larger ones, she said. He said, oh, let me check. So he put that chicken back down into the bucket, slushed around a little bit, pulled the same chicken out, said now here's the chicken this one weighs a little bit more you know what she said okay I'll take them both (laughs) honesty is the best policy (laughs) remember our remember our our proverb scripture person who makes their ways crooked you're going to be found out (laughs) come on God would have an opinion about being honest and virtuous Psalm 45 7 and amplify says you have loved righteousness in other words virtue morality justice and you have hated wickedness God has an opinion about this the second thing is a virtuous life life is a peaceful life remember you can go to bed at night and it doesn't matter what happened during the day people can talk about you they can slander your name and nobody wants that but even in all of that if you're living a virtue if you know see a lot of people uh, go by what other people know or what other people say about them. You know you didn't do it. You know you're this way. And if you know it and God knows it, that ought to be enough. It's not enough for us most of the time, but that ought to be enough. I love this story that Pastor Lou, uh, God rest his soul, used to be the associate pastor here. He used to, he used to tell this uh, little story about uh, you know, him and Mike Tyson. You know, he said, "Now, if I was in the ring with Mike Tyson, some of you young people may not remember Mike Tyson, but this guy, man, he, he wasn't right. He wasn't right in his heart, but but I tell you what, boy, he wasn't right in the ring either. Oh, I mean, I mean, he, he, uh, you, just YouTube it, Mike Tyson knockouts. I mean, he knocked guys out and they were looking crazy and falling out of the ring and all kind of stuff with just one punch. He was just a he was a he was a, a massive uh, heavyweight." fighter and so I'm I'm setting that up for you because Pastor Lou would say now just imagine if I was in the ring with Mike Tyson I said Pastor Lou I don't want to imagine that that's not something I want to imagine he said no just for a moment imagine I'm in the ring and he said imagine for a moment that somehow some way I could you thought I was gonna say beat Mike Tyson that's not what I'm gonna say I could get through three minutes of the first round without getting killed without dying somehow yeah somehow i don't know how some miraculous way i was in this ring with him and i ran did something and uh he didn't kill me just imagine that that happened and now imagine all of a sudden the judges say the fight's over uh you know after one round so i made it without getting killed and all the judges say mike tyson won the fight 10 to nothing They, they go by a point system in boxing 10 to nothing you got no points he got 10 points all three judges say that. Then imagine for a moment a voice comes from heaven and says, Lou, you won the fight and it's God. Who won the fight? Who won the fight? It's not a, it's not a it, Lou won the fight. Why did he win the fight? Because God said it. Simply because God said it. If God says it, that's it no matter what you see. I don't care how many times Mike Tyson hit Lou. I don't care what kind of black eyes he has. If God speaks and says you won the fight, that's it. That's what we have. It's hard for us to settle that in our hearts as you hear that ridiculous story. It's hard for you to settle it in your heart. But I want to tell you that it's the absolute truth and it should be the truth in your life. If God said it, then that's it. I don't care what anyone else says. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what anybody, your enemy, I don't care what anyone says. If God says it, then that's it. That's it. It's over. A virtuous life is a peaceful life. If you're living a virtuous life, listen, Acts 9.31 in the Amplified, it says, So the church throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace. That means without persecution, being built up in wisdom, virtue, and faith. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort and encouragement of the Holy Spirit, they grew in numbers because they walked in virtue and in faith and God brought a supernatural peace to them. A virtuous life is an honest life. A virtuous life is a peaceful life. And a virtuous life is a victorious life. It really is. It's a victorious life. If we are to take God and his word and we, as we well should and we're able to add this, this quality, This virtue to our life, you will never fail. You will never fall. I'm not making it up. Holy Spirit said it through Peter. And then finally, a virtuous life is an excellent life. I don't know about you, but I would love to look back and say I lived an excellent life. That's not to say I didn't make any mistakes, there weren't hard times, but I'd like to look back and say I lived an excellent life. I lived a full life. I got everything out of it. I, 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 learned, I made mistakes, but I was able to learn from most of them or half of them. <laughs> Come on. And, and God blessed me in my life. And can I just say this? I'll just remind, that was the last one, but I'll just remind you of this from last week with faith. Uh, Too often we're simply results driven and we're not uh, obedience driven. Look back in your life and say, I obeyed God. I obeyed him. God will worry about the results. The results will be there. But when you can look back and say, I obeyed God, I had an excellent life. I lived a virtuous life. It's paramount that we understand this morning that with all of the principles that we get and all the spirituality that we have, that we're able to understand what God is trying to tell us, that add to your faith virtue. Be a person who lives above board. Be a person who has character. character. Be a person who has moral excellence. Add to your faith virtue.